I'm Rob Skinner, and this is the Rob Skinner Podcast. This episode is the third of a three-part series called Go Get It. I'm going to be talking about how to make 2022 your best year so far spiritually. I know that if you're listening to this podcast, that you are ambitious for Christ. You're hungry to make this life count and to do whatever it takes to grow spiritually and make a difference for God. I want to share with you three things that will help you make 2022 your best year so far. In past episodes, I talked about getting happy, getting help. This final episode, the title is Get Focused. All this and more on the Rob Skinner Podcast. Welcome back to the Rob Skinner Podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no regrets life, make this life count, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. My third and final point is get focused. In Luke chapter 10, verse 39, it starts by saying, She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care? that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Martha was a loving, caring person and was worried and upset and distracted by many things. Mary focused on only one thing, being with Jesus, focusing on him and listening to him. And as she sat at his feet, she took the posture of a disciple, sitting at the feet of her master. By nature, small church leaders, small group leaders, have to do many things. You have to be good at so many different things. Setting a good example, preaching, raising a good family, being kind and encouraging, leading classes, meeting needs, bringing visitors, staying pure, staying righteous, organizing events, Sundays, midweeks, Bible talks, building your career if you're self-supporting. And this is why leaders burn out and quit. A 2013 study from the Schaefer Institute reports that 1,700 pastors leave the ministry each month, citing depression, burnout, or being overworked as the primary reasons. According to the study, 90% of pastors report working 55 to 70 hours a week, and 50% 50 of them feel unable to meet the demands of the job. Now, that was in 2013. I wonder how much more those statistics have spiked in the wake of COVID. I mean, it's just gone through the roof. I just read an article someone sent me about it. People are walking away from leadership in huge numbers. Well, you start in ministry doing what you love the most, preaching, teaching the gospel in Bible studies, staying close to God. 
But when you grow your church, the number of problems only increases. I, I found myself this past year, and I shared about it in, in previous episodes with Al Baird. I was trying to dis- disciple too many people, trying to meet all the needs, taking on too many extra projects. And that came at the cost of not doing what really brought me joy. And I felt like at times I was becoming an administrator rather than doing what I really loved. But take a look at what the apostles did in Acts chapter 6 in verse 1. In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. So the Word of God spread. Verse 7. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. So, the church was growing, the needs were growing. How did the apostles respond? They met the needs through others and refocused on their one thing, their primary calling. So what's the solution for us? Figure out your one thing. Earlier this year, I read a book by Gary Mayer, and I did an interview with him a few episodes back. And in that book, He shared about reading a book by Gary Keller called The One Thing. And I've read that book before, but I reread it. And Gary Keller is actually the head of Keller Williams Real Estate. He's a real estate magnet. But in that book, he he says, we should ask ourselves, what's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? That's what's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else else will be easier or unnecessary? And that's a great question. Because when Jesus told Mary, he said, Mary has chosen what is better, and it won't be taken from her. Mary was locked into the one thing. I mean, she, was, she, had, she just did one thing. She sat there listening, and Jesus said, hey, you've, po- you've picked the right thing to do, the one thing you should be doing in this moment. And 2,000 years later, as we look back, we go, that was a good decision. If Jesus is in your house, you better just sit down and listen to him. So what's the practical application for, for you and for me? I think listing out all the areas that matter to you. Think about it. Your relationship with God, that matters big time. Ministry, leadership, that's an area that matters to you. How about your personal evangelism and outreach? That matters. If you're married, your marriage and your family, finances matter, friends, fun and adventure, that's important to most people, including me, new skills or learning. And ask yourself, you know, write those things down and then ask yourself, what can you do to improve in those areas? And what I did with my wife, Pam, as we started this year is I I just had those, I actually typed it out. With each heading, relationship with God, ministry and leadership, personal evangelism, marriage and family, finances, friends, fun and adventure, new skills or learning. 
And then I printed out a sheet for her and a sheet for me. And under the, the topic, I put five lines. And I said, honey, write out five things that you could do to improve or make make more fruitful that, that, that particular topic. Like, what five things could you do to improve your relationship with God? And essentially, we just went through point by point. And each one of us, I gave us a couple minutes, and we each wrote down five things in our relationship with God, like five things we could do to improve our relationship with God this year. And then what we did is I said, looking at those five ideas, what's the one thing, if you could only do one thing, that would make the biggest difference in that particular area? Because sometimes, I mean, there's, I can come up with a million ideas. I'm a total idea person. I, I'm coming up with ideas like on a daily basis. But that's actually a negative thing in some ways because I'll, I'll start an idea this, this day and then the next day I'm off to a different idea. So as we circled the one thing, we just went through, you know, in our marriage, what can we do to improve? What's the one thing? We first wrote down five ideas and then of those five, we circled one, the one thing such that by doing it, it'll make everything easier or unnecessary. And so we came up with some great ideas. I'll just share some of the ideas that I had for me, some of the things that are driving me in 2022. For example, in my spirituality, I, the thing that I circled was having a weekly Sabbath or stop day. And so from the beginning of the year, this I got from Joel Pede, I mean, him originally from the Bible, obviously, but man, I was running seven days a week. There was not a day when I was stopping. And I just decided, okay, one day a week, I'm going to stop. I'm going to slow down and I'm going to unplug from my phone and from the computer for a complete day. And so what I've done on Mondays this year is I, I unplug my phone and I turn off my computer. And I just tell myself, you're not going to connect to those things today. And I can do whatever I want. I mean, I, I, I read my Bible, I go for walks, I play guitar, play some worship music, whatever. But I'm not going to work. I'm not going to do the ministry or my podcast or whatever else. I've got a million other things. But what was happening before is I felt like, hey, I can't stop. I can't get off the treadmill. If I do, I'm going to fall too far behind. And by doing that this year, it's increased my level of peace. And what I've realized is when I do get back on the phone after that time period, and when I do plug back into my computer, guess what? The world's gone on without me. <laughs> I mean, it, it takes me about half an hour to catch up and, and recontact everybody and, and respond to phone calls. But guess what? No one is just going, hey, what happened to you? But what it's done for me internally is given me a sense, hey, you know what matters is my walk with God. So that was a good decision. And I just, I've got a little wall calendar that I'm looking at right now. And every Monday that I take a Sabbath, I just write a big S on that block, on that square. And so I'm looking at three S's for the month of February. And it's awesome. So that was my one thing in spirituality. There's a lot of things I'm trying to do, but that was the one thing this year that I feel like was the most needed. Um, and then for church, you know, my, my job, I felt like the biggest need was 
consistent weekly discipling times with Pam and my primary leaders. So first of all, I made a decision I'm going to limit my discipling to seven people because I just had too many people. And when I was trying to disciple everybody, nobody was getting good discipling. And so this year I decided I'm going to disciple people every week. And so I talked to my leadership. I said, this year we're going to set up a weekly time, and if you want to be discipled by me, we have to meet weekly. And so nearly everyone has gotten on board with that, which is great. And it turns out that's the very that's the one thing I needed in my marriage too because I wasn't even having a good discipling time with Pam or a planning time where we could plan out our week. So this, this kind of crossed over to be the one thing I needed in my marriage as well. So as both church, my job, plus my family is consistent weekly discipling times. And this is awesome. I mean, it sounds so funny because we are the discipling movement, but I wasn't doing a very good job of discipling people. And I'll tell you this year, my connections with the people in my church has really improved by focusing on that one thing, discipling relationships. And so I'll let you know how it goes in the future, but already, I mean, the depth of friendship, the closeness, the feeling like people are taking charge of their particular ministries has really improved. Under health, I just decided, okay, I'm going to walk 10,000 steps a day. I said, what's the one? I had a bunch of different ideas I wanted to do for my health. I've got all these health goals. I really like to go to the gym and stuff like that and exercise and run and stuff. But I thought, what's the one thing that would make the biggest difference in my health? And that would be take 10,000 steps a day. And so I started doing that. Have I hit it every day? No, I haven't. In fact, in the month of February, there are three days where I didn't hit my target of 10,000 steps. And so I just write an X through on that wall calendar. I've got the big X on that box. Every day I walk 10,000 steps. And I read somewhere that Jerry Seinfeld, the guy who wrote, who's the writer for the TV show Seinfeld back in the 90s, they asked him, what was your secret to being so prolific in writing jokes? And he said, I make myself write a joke every day. And every day that I write a joke, I put an X in that calendar box. And so I just adopted that idea and I'm applying it to the areas that I want to see improved. I said, okay, every day that I walk 10,000 steps, I'm going to go ahead and put an X in that box. And the reason why walking 10,000 steps for me is good is because it has such a, I guess I'd say a, a great sense of overlapping benefits. I mean, when I go out and walk, of course it's good for my health, and it's great. I mean, I feel good. But it gives me time to think about God. It gives me a chance to pray. I'll typically spend the first half an hour just with my AirPods listening to the Bible, and I'll listen to, to the Psalms. And so it's a great t- chance for me just to have a quiet time. I can have a quiet time during my steps. I'll, it takes about an hour or so to do it, or a little longer if I do it straight away. But I'll go out and for half an hour listen to the Bible, and then on my way back, I'm praying, talking to God. So it has a health benefit, but it also has a powerful spiritual benefit. And just just time to think, and just, just some time for peace away from the phone, away from things. Now, sometimes I'll do it in the afternoon, and I'll just call people 
or I'll have a discipling time during those steps. But in any case, it's it's the one thing that if I can do it consistently, I think I'm going to be pretty healthy by the end of the year. So I've got other one things, but I hope that this has jogged your imagination and you'll sit down and think, okay, how can I get focused this year? What's my one thing? If you're like me and you're, you're a go-getter and you really want to make things happen, you need to think through, okay, my personal evangelism, what's the one thing I could do to ensure that this year I meet someone who becomes a Christian? Well, if you start writing down ideas, you're going to get a lot of good ideas. And then once you do that, circle the one that you feel like, okay, if I do this consistently, this one thing, I think I've got a great shot at helping someone become a Christian. And I've got my one thing, but I'm not going to share it with you. So we've talked about get happy. That was the first point in this series. Delight yourself in the Lord. And I hope that you, above all things, are having an amazing year. Delighting yourself in the Lord, really enjoying God. That's the thing I'm really happy about this year. That What I prayed about yesterday was, God, teach me how to praise you. Give me words so that I can praise you acceptably and have words and thoughts that people like David did, people like Paul did. Help me. It's not, a, it's not an area of strength. Help me to be a great person of praise. And then the second, second lesson was get help. Pray and ask for outside attention and eyes to help you to see what you might be missing. I hope that you've thought about that and you get help from someone like Al Baird or somebody else who can take a look at your church or your ministry and give you the help so that you can become the person who's living that no regrets life and who's making this life count. And then finally, get focused. Put the work in to narrow your focus on what makes the biggest difference in the areas that matter the most to you and to God. Everything else can be delegated. Everything else can be put off. So get happy, get help, get focused, go get it in 2022. Thank you so much for joining the Rob Skinner podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, please hit the subscribe button and let your friends know about it and how to find it. Because my goal is to inspire you to make this life count, live a no regrets life, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Have a great day and make this life count.